Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And this would be hour number two of The Rob Carson Show. I hope you had a a glorious weekend with your family, uh, your friends. Many of you worked over the weekend. I, of course, had to uh, contend with the honeydew list. Although, uh, my wife's kind of lightened up on the honeydew list. It's uh, it's interesting. Uh, it, lately, um, it, she's been giving me stuff to do, and, and I won't get to it right away. So she'll go, fine, I'll do it. And the really cool thing is that, uh, well, not really cool, but like at least one event, she did it, and she screwed it up. And so she had to come back to me. That that made me feel good. That I know that sounds terrible. <laughs> Uh, it's like, okay, I'll fix the elbow under the sink. So she disconnects the elbow under the sink, and she puts it back together, and it's leaking all over the place. And so I have to step in. You know, it makes you feel good, at least for a brief second. Uh, anyway, uh, we got a lot of stuff to get to uh, on, the, uh, on the show, including uh, a super majority of leaders have uh, negative views of the U.S. economy and disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the issue. And, uh, and the storm is brewing. There, there's a lot of talk now in the, uh, the blogosphere about uh, two things. One of them uh, that's coming around is that Joe Biden will not be able to run again and will not complete this run for president. And to me, and, and I'm not meaning to be smug at all, uh, because I've had most of the ego and attitude beaten out of me by this industry over many years, but I, I said it was absurd to consider that someone as infirmed as Joe Biden would be able to run in 2024. And I said that when he was running the last time. Because there was a reason why he was uh, doing his campaign from the basement. There was a reason why he, uh, he only had limited exposure to debates. And even then, he had to have talking points, including a letter signed by 51 former Intel officials saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation, when in fact, it wasn't. It was 1,000% real. And the Intel agents working with the FBI uh, created that. Uh, Tony Blinken and others created it so Joe Biden could go into a debate and appear to be uh, slightly cogent. Uh, and apparently it did the trick. But uh, I, I said that there's, there's no way. Uh, and then I've watched for the last uh, three years, watch him descend. And if you even compare tape of Joe Biden when he ran versus now, it's really bad. When he went to to Hawaii, he it was really bad. Everybody gets it. The world gets it. And today, uh, I was uh, uh, just briefly uh, listening to my friend Chris Plant, and Chris Plant said that uh, you know uh, that he felt that Joe Biden, and he felt like he was one of the first people to to say that uh, he didn't believe Joe Biden was going to run. Um, and he said he said it a few months ago. But uh, honestly, if we just back up and and use common sense. 
away from politics and just look at an old man standing in front of a microphone who can't gather his thoughts and then say, is that guy going to be able to be the president for the next four years? Generally, your, your gut instinct will tell you, yeah, I don't think he's uh, able to be the president. So I think Buster and Santa Cruz would have to agree. Buster, welcome to the Rob Carson Show, my brother. How are you on this Tuesday? All right, brother Rob. I'm doing good. Hey, I'm glad you had a good weekend. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's up? And I totally agree. You know what I'm thinking, man? I think, you know, I got. I, I must admit, that Democrats are pretty smart in some ways. This was a, a setup. This is what I firmly believe, that Biden is a patsy. He was. This was all designed to take the heat off Obama, while uh, Obama's back there on Martha's Vineyards, wherever he is, in a bunker, pulling all the strings. All the heat's going on Biden. It's, it's a perfect setup. And you know, I don't mean to be conspiracy, but I firmly believe that this is what Oswald was. You know, a perfect yeah, patsy yeah. for the bad boys. Well, if you if you talk to, for instance, uh, and, I, and I don't like to uh, uh, rehash the Kennedy assassination uh, all the time, um, but I will tell you, as somebody who probably has a pretty good idea about the assassinations of not only John F. Kennedy, but Robert Kennedy, would, uh, would know, and that is Robert Kennedy Jr., and he says both times that the CIA was involved. So I'd kind of lean toward the, the, uh, what, uh, what he's selling and not the CIA or the deep state right now. Go ahead. I'm with you. Now, I want to switch over to the islands real quick. And uh, this is some inside info from uh, a good musician friend of mine I've known for years. Does the gigs out there. Plays the hotels. He's telling me that the corporations are basically slowly taking the islands over. And what the problem is with that, Rob, is the aloha, if you know what I mean, is going away. Uh-huh. You know, he's telling me he sees it in such things that, you know, when you do the gigs over there, they, they usually have comp. You know, they comp you a meal, comp you a drink, drinks, you know. that They take that away. Really? You know, that's part of the aloha out there. So I, I thought I'd let you people know what's going on out there from the inside word. Okay. Well, I, 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 the feeling that I am getting from Maui, uh, and and you know, I heard uh, uh, everything from the cover up to why everything was cut off. Everything was perfectly timed. That everything was broken when the fire happened, uh, and then you see a uh, uh, an order by the government a month before talking about uh, natural disasters and what the property would become, and you've got people who literally are standing in line waiting for the uh, incredible property in Lahaina and other areas that currently are being um, uh, inhabited by people who are not wealthy. They are very poor, uh, living three and four generations in towns like Lahaina. And it sounds like to me that if this wasn't the plan, then it certainly was uh, an opportunity for corporatists to move in, undersell the people there, buy their land out from under them, uh, evict people from apartment buildings that uh, survive the fire and basically reset that land so that rich corporatists can uh, can use it that's that's the vibe I'm getting buster and I'm getting that from a lot of people 
And you're right on the money there, because, Rob, what's happened, the wolves are in the hen house. What these... Uh, okay, I'll hold my tongue. But what these people are doing, they want to change Lahaina into Honolulu, Waikiki, and triple and billions of money, dollars. That's what yes. they figured. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're exactly right, Buster, and and it's a matter only of the degree to which I think the greed and evil uh, uh, exist and how far they've gone, because whatever happened there has resulted in a lot of people dying. And so if there were people involved in perpetuating the fire, uh, in, in allowing it to continue, uh, then, then we've got uh, much more serious crimes involved here. And it makes me kind of wonder, since so many people are being quiet about it, since the emergency manager on the island quit like within days after the fire because he was supposedly uh, experiencing illness, it sounds to me... Like, uh, you know, like a typical, um, you know, run people off their land kind of scenario. I'm just, I'm thinking out loud. I'm just, you know, because it's my opinion and because the Second Amendment or the First Amendment allows it, Buster. So I, I think a lot of people are feeling this way. Let me say one last thing, Rob. Okay, and I read this a long time ago and it shows a pattern. What they do, and I think the right word is triangulate. Okay, what the big boys do is they put one of their guys in a strategic position, right? Water department, electrical department, emergency department. That's all it takes. You got three insiders. They work together. Look what happened. Yeah. I, I don't know, Buster. Like I said, the jury's still out, and the more that they try to cover things up, the more suspicious I get. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, this video went viral over the weekend. It's a woman uh, from uh, from Maui uh, commenting about Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey and The Rock have come up with uh, several million dollars, and they've given some money to the residents of Lahaina, which is great because the government has done nothing but give them a $700 check to each household while putting up 600 FEMA agents at five-star resorts 45 minutes from there here is this we're so concerned about what was happening in maui we're so concerned about what's happening in maui that you somehow managed to hire a private firefighting team to protect your land huh. before the fire started you're so concerned about what's happening in maui that instead of taking some of that land and housing even a small portion of those displaced people you've hired a private security team to keep them off kind of weird because barack and michelle obama have a massive massive compound there it's the it's the place that on magnum pi where uh, where it was the mansion on Ma on magnum pi they had it torn down your land you're so concerned about Maui that you simply haven't had time to denounce any of the shady real estate deals which are robbing people of everything they have. Yeah, weird. You know, like the ones you were involved in that helped you acquire that land for pennies on the dollar of huh. what it was actually worth. Kind of weird. Kinda You're weird. so concerned about Maui that instead of taking what would amount to a year's salary for you and four or five of your billionaire friends, which could be used to rebuild the entire place in a matter of months, you're jumping on social media and asking the American public, most of whom can't afford to pay their rent right now, to do it for you. Yeah, it's kind of strange. And and what's really strange is that Joe Biden wants to send another $26 billion to Ukraine. And literally, literally, <clears throat> here's money that's just $26 billion going to Ukraine. We're not being told how it's being spent. 
We're not being uh, told truthfully what's happening over there. We're not being told how many people are dying. Uh, we're not being told all of this. But even just, just 25% of that, that money that we don't know what it's going to go for, could literally go to, to Maui and rebuild all of the structures that burned down and provide all of those people with homes. It's like they almost want people to move from there, right? Isn't it kind of like that? Yeah, yeah. These are the things that uh, common sense would dictate. But you see, the media doesn't uh, doesn't practice what they preach. And so they uh, they spew nonsense. And then they cover things up. And then they cover things up. And you wonder, what the hell's going on? And then people like Buster call and say, hey, man, here's what's going on. You know? Can you blame us for being suspicious? Let's go to Dennis in uh, Ridgely. Hello, Dennis. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Hey, Rob. Good good listening to you, brother. I'm glad you're filling this void and uh, the void you're filling and the information you're putting out. But people need to hear it. They need to hear something positive. Thank you for what you do. All of my, I'm thinking about, uh, let's, go, let's go to the Maui thing. Um, so let's say, where's the 1,200 children that got out of school? And then they sent them home, yeah. never informed the parents, and cut the water off with an active fire in place. Yeah, Dennis, there was no water to fight the blaze. Does something sound suspicious? Or wait a minute, let's, let's cover up for the rich people, but we'll be, we'll be okay. Um, so what do you think about that, Rob? Well, I, I think it's obvious, Dennis. I, I think that there are a lot of poor people sitting on a lot of really rich real estate, and I, and I think that some people held back on the fire response. I, I do. That's, my, that's what my gut tells me, Dennis. And I'll tell you one thing, despite my gut getting quite a bit smaller after losing 63 pounds, uh, my gut tells me that uh, something really bad happened in Maui. I said yeah. something monstrous happened in Maui, yeah. and we yeah. deserve t- for them to clear the damn thing up or, or admit yeah. the truth and let us see what's going on on dennis okay okay so we need to clear the government out before we can get clear there but we you know what happens how about this i'm going to give a message to the people in maui your property is worth eight hundred and fifty thousand per square foot foot with a ft okay i don't know about that that. that's what your property's worth either that or make it out of a burial ground yeah and then they can never touch it then the rich scumbag can never touch it I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Sell, sell high. Sell high. Make them pay for it. Then guess what? Later on, we'll visit them with a little something ourselves. All right, Dennis, thanks for the phone call. You know, I, I just, um, like I said, uh, uh, right now, um, Maui is a sparsely populated island. Kauai is a sparsely populated island. I've been to Kauai a number of times. Uh, Kauai is an expensive place to live, not impossible to live there. But uh, you got to kind of wonder uh, if international interests would like to have that. i got to take a break, give the uh, voice a rest, and uh, take a drink of water. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is a uh, Tuesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. This is what uh, people are saying in Maui. This is a, uh, a Lahaina resident talking about the government response thus far. Nobody called us. Our phones didn't work from 5 in the morning. The fire was not 10 o'clock when I went to work. The fire was still there. There was no water. Tell me if that's a coincidence. No water, no warning. And everybody talking about 
the satellite city before the fire. Ah. Lahaina going to be the first satellite city. Well, hey, Jeff Bezos, you got what you wanted. Oprah, you got what you wanted. And the guy who owns the nut, you got what you wanted. Us all over. That's what happened. Yeah, that's what the people of uh, of uh, Lahaina are saying. The people of Maui are saying. And then there's this. <clears throat> Just on this this morning. And it, it's, I did not expect to go down this road. By the way, I've got a bunch of other things to talk about. But uh, but I do think this is uh, worthy of of talking about of discussion. Climate scientist whistleblower Patrick Brown <clears throat> reveals how the media's obsession with global warming, climate change, manipulates the truth about wildfires. The truth is, are you ready? 80% of them are ignited by humans. 80 fires minimum have been uh, lit on the uh, the islands of Greece, by the way, in the last couple of weeks by climate protesters. You've got fires going on in Canada, two rounds of fires. And <clears throat> literally, you see, like, all the smoke covering the areas. And then you back up the tape and you see, oh, there's a fire started here, 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 and here. Like, dozens of fires starting at the same time. But we're not hearing anything about it. And this may sound conspiratorial, and, and it would be if there weren't video evidence of it. So there is, uh, <clears throat> there is that. Uh, it, it, there's something going on in, uh, in Maui. And, and when you put two and two together about all the lies we've been told about Russia collusion, the lies we were told about this and that with COVID, the lies we've been told about CRT, the lies we've been told about transgenderism and nonsense, it kind of makes you wonder, doesn't it? And generally, it, and it is not unwarranted that you would go into the anything but the government, uh, you believe anything but what the government tells you kind of mode. <clears throat> That's what I'm kind of in right now. For instance, right now, a lot of people say uh, Joe Biden has no chance or, or Donald Trump has no chance of beating Joe Biden in the in the election. We know that Joe Biden's books don't sell. We know that nobody shows up for Biden rallies. We know that people scream F you Joe Biden when he drives out no matter where he goes. We know that uh, towns of 3000 swell to 85,000 people when Donald Trump shows up to speak. But apparently Joe Biden, even with all of the <clears throat> The uh, uh, suspicious activity reports, all of the evidence, the mountains of evidence, Americans know he's corrupt as hell. But they're still saying that uh, Donald Trump does not stand a chance. Well, Donna Brazil, yesterday talking to, no, no, to uh, George Stephanopoulos, she says that uh, Donald Trump is, what I've been saying, a movement. Because, George, I'm old enough to say this. Uh, I've seen two movements outside of the social justice movements in my life on the political side. Yeah, and the recent uh, social justice movements were based on nothing but nonsense. What was the Reagan movement? Reagan had a hold on his base, the country at large. They saw him as someone who was willing to stand up for American values, whatever that might have meant. Now, I thought it was reactionary. Uh, the other movement I saw was, was Barack Obama. Open change that galvanized, which meant which meant nothing. American people, I've never seen anything like this with Donald Trump. I mean, what doesn't kill you make you stronger? I mean, being convicted, I mean, being indicted—that's making him stronger. Oh, by the way, the uh, <clears throat> the mugshot is uh, is still resonating. Uh, there's a new Hispanic rap song that uh, that is bringing together people as well. Raising ten million dollars using an ugly mugshot. Uh, to raise money, this is a movement. Yeah, and listen to this. This is a guy who went viral over the weekend. He is a uh, an African American man, uh, putting the Democrats on uh, on uh, on alert. He has done something good for the American people. He done bought Asians, Latinos, Blacks, Whites all together, all religions. 
the Muslim people rocking with us, Christians, all religions. Like Donna Brazil said today on ABC, <laughs> this is a movement like she never seen before. Trump 2024, baby, it's a movement. Yeah, on the R&B charts, <clears throat> number two song, okay? This is young, mostly black males. Trump song, number two. We had a Latino art, uh, artist come out this weekend, uh, smashing it on the uh, in the charts. We got rich men in north of Richmond, number one. Yeah, it's a movement, and it's becoming unstoppable. This is The Rob Carson Show. Like a little jet. That's who this is, by the way. In case you didn't know, cold-hearted B-word is the name of the song. <laughs> uh, oh, did you hear? Um, I hopefully I'm going to be going to uh, to New York for the uh, Newsmax holiday party this year. And uh, while I'm there, I'll have to check out one of the new rat tourism tours. Did you hear about this in New York? Yeah. Uh, the the latest tourist attraction is rats. Yeah, Rats Tour Guide offers trips to the worst rodent-infested parts of the Big Apple. <laughs> and thousands of people are tuning into TikToks of vermin populated that's exploded across the city. Now, you you may recall about a month ago they uh, they uh, introduced the new uh, Rat Czar. They have a Rat Czar in uh, in New York City. <clears throat> And uh, and uh, Eric Adams, uh, you know, introduced this person, and they had a rat day of awareness in New York City. And now this uh, TikTok creator Kenny Bulwark has uh, has a substantial following, about two hundred fifty thousand users, who go to the most retractive uh, places for tourists to visit uh, after he live streamed rats running outside of a building in Queens. So there you go, rat tourism apparently is uh, is kind of a big deal. His viewers have uh, served to both advise him where to go to live stream the rats scuttling around while some have even joined him in tours around the city he said i've had a daughter and father and a husband and wife come with me anything you can think of business owners have come looking for me they've been from uh, pittsburgh pennsylvania st louis oklahoma city vancouver canada los angeles it's crazy how much this stuff brings people together outside restaurants where garbage can often be piled several feet high rats can be uh, can be found uh, dining while you're Dining outdoors, you can watch the rats. There you go. So you animal lovers and everything, <clears throat> you know, there you go. There's a lot of uh, a lot of rats there, and then also in New York. Check this out. This is how wonderful things are uh, that uh, Eric Adams has, uh, has and Bill De Blasio have done to the city. Uh, a man who came to New York from Venezuela just two months ago has been arrested six times and facing 14 different criminal charges. Daniel Martinez, uh, 29, arrived on June 27th and uh, committed his first crime the very next day. They're they're tired, not hungry, and the poor. Don't you know that? You know, from Venezuela, where they're emptying the prisons to come here? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Martinez' alleged crimes began at a Costco in Brooklyn. I've driven by there, actually. He apparently stole a jar of Nutella, slippers, uh, hats, shoes, Gillette razor blades, and Dove body wash. Charged with petty larceny and released, he robbed a Dwayne Reed in Manhattan on July the 6th, stealing a toolkit. His crimes quickly accelerated from stealing to assault. The very next day, security guard tried to stop him at Dwayne Reed from stealing a bag of chips and toothpaste. He apparently pulled out a large knife and advanced towards the un undercover officer while yelling unintelligibly. So there you go. There you go. <clears throat> 
that's what's happening in uh, in New York. In a couple places in California over the weekend, uh, people tried to steal, and uh, some customers and shop owners gave them a beatdown. So I've got details coming up on that, but I think it's uh, I think people have kind of reached their end <clears throat> with regard to tolerance. Uh, whether it be committed, uh, robberies be committed by somebody who's uh, uh, homeless, whether that person be from another country or whatnot, I think Americans are kind of done. I want to mention a couple things real quick here. Um, uh, first of all, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Jimmy Buffett died over the weekend. Jimmy Buffett was 76 year old, years old. He died of skin cancer, which, you know, I mean... <clears throat> I mean, it happens, right? And and obviously he's known for sun and fun and all. Whatever, who cares? He passed away. It's a tragedy that he died. He died too soon. I know 76 is old, but it's not really old. It's two years shy of the the average lifespan for men in this country. So he did, uh, he did die uh, uh, earlier than he should have. And I want to mention, I, I was never a gigantic fan <clears throat> of his music because it's my, not my vibe. I have played Margaritaville and Come Monday on the radio more times than you have in the rest of your lifetime to listen to it, okay? Hundreds of times I played those songs. I remember singing Margaritaville in eighth grade in choir. But Jimmy Buffett uh, inspired a movement, um, and it was about music, and it was about embracing life embracing your friends. It wasn't about material things, uh, although he sold a crap ton of margarita makers in Costco and Sam's. I've been seeing them forever. He created hotels. I stayed at Margaritaville Resort in Cancun about 22 years ago, and that was insane. Uh, And so uh, I say uh, uh, congratulations on a a life well spent, Jimmy Buffett. Absolutely amazing. Tragedy over the weekend, Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth died. Now, uh, Smash Mouth, they had a lot of great songs. They <clears throat> Obviously, Shrek, remember the first Shrek movie? All over that movie. I had some great hits. Rockstar was one of them. Uh, I saw Smash Mouth, I think it was Disney World years ago. And Steve Harwell died uh, of liver failure at 56. Um, I mention this because so many people right now, are uh, up, or upwards of 20% <clears throat> of people, uh, age 45 to 65 are dying uh, because of alcohol-related um, accidents or abuse. And uh, Steve had uh, years of abuse under his belt, drugs and alcohol, and ultimately the damage caused his death very prematurely. <clears throat> and I will tell you, and I'm, I'm not going to preach on this because you already know my story, I was headed down that path. I really believe if I hadn't stopped drinking two years ago, the miracle that I had, um, that would have been me. That would have been uh, Rob Carson, final days, friends say, uh, you know, they shared smiles and tears with loved ones that helped heal their relationship before he died after years of alcohol abuse issues. That would have been my name on today's headline had I not done something about it. And I'll tell you... Uh, right now, you know, I've never really been able to figure out why things happened to me. I think the reason why I, I lost my home and was poor and had to sell cars, it got me back in touch with my roots so I can, you know, know what you guys are going through when you're suffering. Uh, as far as uh, the drinking and quitting up drinking, hopefully that's to show people that it can be done. Uh, 
because for years I tried and tried, and for, for years, a thousand nights, a thousand nights, I prayed to God, help me or let me die in my sleep so my family can have my life insurance. And I know that sounds extreme. But there are a lot of people who go through this. And there are a lot of people who are going through this right now. And what I'm going to tell you right now, if you are not terminally ill and you're drinking yourself and you know it within you that this this is not going anywhere and you know within you that it's not right to drink just to drink and, and pass out just to escape reality that maybe it's after your job that you hate or maybe it's after <clears throat> whatever is going on but i'm going to tell you as as kathy called a little while ago from parkville she said you inspired me to quit drinking 48 days ago i quit one day i tried to try a drink three weeks later and i could it was it i literally got sick and she said that she's done with it so i would just say to you don't become steve harwell because if you are abusing alcohol and you have for decades, it's going to end very badly for you. So if you're not terminally ill, if you have a breath to breathe, if you have children, and maybe you've damaged your relationship with your children, and maybe you've damaged your relationship with your wife, there's still time, or your husband, there's still time to stop. There's still time for your redemption. I swear to God in heaven, there is still time for redemption. And alcohol is a chemical. It's not... Uh, sent by Satan, all right? It's how you use it that, that, that's the problem. And your addiction is the problem. But realize that you have it within you, and you have people in your life, and you have God, who I believe saved me. And if you ask, something's going to happen here, all right? Maybe you think you've already hit bottom, all right? And, and I'm going to move off this in a second. I, I just I feel like I need to say this to you. If you're suffering, because I know many of you are, hell, there are probably a few of you right now who already had a drink today, all right? But I'm going to tell you right now, uh, you, you can do this. This can go away. And, and there will be a point where you think you've hit bottom, and then you, you had a drink the next day. Well, you didn't hit bottom then, all right? Because for me, bottom... I, I thought I couldn't go lower. I thought I couldn't go lower. You know, this time I, I said something at a party that offended somebody or, I, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I, you know I, I shouldn't have driven home. You know, all of these things. You think you've hit bottom? You won't hit bottom until the only choice you have is live or die. That's your bottom. If you continue down the road of alcohol, it will become very clear that your life will come to a very, very abrupt and painful end. That's what you need to know. So bottom for you will when you get to the choice that all you have left is drink and die or don't drink and live. That's going to be your bottom. But I think you can do it before that. I really, really do. I really, really do. And uh, for whatever it's worth, if, if sharing the story maybe shows you can be done, because I thought I was the, uh, I thought I was a hopeless case. I really did. I thought my family's better off with the million dollar insurance. And then 
something happened, and now I realize how rich and wonderful things can be. I really, really do. Lost uh, like 30 pounds after drinking, lost another 26, and I'm still losing weight and feeling good, and uh, there's just too much to live for, and you can make up for all of it in the time you have. You can. You can, you can get back to good. I really, really believe that. Uh, and it's it's frightening. You've got, you got kids addicted to fentanyl now. They've got other drugs. Trank moving in. China is making drugs to kill us. Um, but we can we can pull together. We can win this. Uh, okay, so let's um, let's uh, move on to other things here. I got a few things I want to hit on before we uh, uh, continue. Oh, this is um, uh, da, da, let me do this. We'll move on. But from there, there we go. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Let's do a little polling, shall we? Shall we do some polling? I think polling would be fun. Let's do a poll dance. <clears throat> Supermajority of leaders have negative views of the U.S. economy and disapprove of Joe Biden's handling of the issue. This is according to a uh, Wall Street Journal report. Okay? Uh, that should serve as a stark warning to the 80-year-old incum- incumbent. Well, uh, he's not going to be the, the, comp- the, the, the candidate. 63% of American registered voters say the economy's uh, strength is not so good or poor. 32% say the economy is good. 5% say the economy is excellent. Those people presumably work for Pfizer or Merck or, uh, you know, a big defense contractor or BlackRock. Uh, in December, 67% had negative views of the economy. In October, that was as high as 72%. A year ago, the public's view of the economy was close to what it is now. 58% say the economy's gotten worse. As far as uh, presidential polling is concerned, uh, Donald Trump, the uh, pursuit of Donald Trump with these criminal charges, which I don't believe will result in anything, e- e- if they're lucky, they'll get one count. And they, they say that if, if that one count... Uh, happens before the uh, election, he will go into the election as a felon, you know? Well, guess what? Uh, That isn't going to work. And here's what a panel on ABC yesterday had to admit about all these persecutions. How is this legal system uh, process going to play out? And will any of these trials kind of actually come to trial before the voters have basically made up their mind, at least on the Republican side? They may well. But if you dig deeper into that Wall Street Journal poll, you find that 78% of Republican voters say that he was justified to try and turn over the election. So it's not... Well, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? necessarily matter even if he is convicted and there's nothing yeah. in the constitution it isn't going to matter because if a mugshot didn't do it being found guilty isn't going to mean anything even if he's convicted and goes to jail that he can't run a campaign from a jail cell under the worst circumstances so yes it does look like this is we're not in 2016 anymore no. we are seeing these mini boomlets yeah. like in 2016 of other republican challengers but, no, no. but they're really tiny they're tiny it's yeah. like 30 percent spread between those candidates and between trump and you don't see anything in the underlying democratic and uh, the crosstabs to show that this is going to change anytime soon and that there's nothing that could come out of a conviction that would potentially change yeah and there you go there you go so all of this is folly right all of this really is folly. And, and ultimately, the, uh, the Democrats are digging themselves into a deeper hole, and I think potentially getting themselves even into more trouble, because these four indictments happening at the same time prove that they've been colluding, prove that they are, uh, they are attempting to uh, throw an election illegally. And when, I would presume, Donald Trump will become the president again, that will be investigated. All right, let's take a break and come back, guys. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. 
Coming up, Larry Hogan, who uh, did nothing for the GOP in the state of Maryland, uh, says he might consider a third-party run, which is kind of like, uh, I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. Uh, uh, he, he will never be the president of the United States. Anyway, I have a comparison between Larry Hogan and uh, Rhino Republicans and uh, Dead Poets Society that I'm going to make next hour. And trust me, it makes a lot of sense. Barbara in Baltimore is on the phone. Hello, Barbara. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Rob. You've got a great show going on. And I tell you what, I don't like calling on Mondays because I got to, then I listen the whole week and I can't call you again. But I had to call you to tell you that my grandson is one of these young people. I went into his room and he's listening to AI and rapping to that, to the, to the Donald Trump um, rap song. The rap song. And I asked him, I said, oh, I said, oh, you like that, huh? He said, oh, yeah. Nana, these just got the beats. That's what the kids say now. You know, they don't say rhythm and stuff no more. They call it the beats. And you said it correctly. I think it was Friday when you said the hood and the trailer park are coming together. It's over. So I just had to let you know. I was really excited to hear him look at that stuff. You know, Barbara, that uh, the hood, the trailer park, and the barrio, uh, for lack of a dated term with regard to the Hispanic community, but they're all coming together. There's a, there's a uh, Hispanic dude. He's got a new song out. He's riding in a Bentley, just like you know your typical rap songs, talking about Trump being, uh, you know, persecuted by the government. They made the government into the man. Uh, the Democrat Party tried to make Trump into the man, but now the Trump that Trump is is one of us. Trump got uh, booked into one of the worst jails in America. And this is a big deal because you know what? Young men like your nephew, particularly places like Baltimore, they're raised to think that nothing is possible. And Democrats yeah. have told them that, and they're done with it, Barbara. And it's my grandson. And you're oh. right, because they have been sowing the seeds of low expectation for decades. decades. You know, Chris, Chris Plant, Chris... Chris Plant, my friend who does talk radio, he say, he's been saying this for decades, that uh, it's the, the soft bigotry of low expectations, which to me yeah. is a tremendous insult to the greatness that black people have been able to, uh, you know, been, been able to succeed in this country historically around the world. I mean, where is Chad's Oprah Winfrey? Uh, you know, where is, uh, you know, Martin Luther King of uh, Nigeria? I mean, I can go on and on. The greatest hist historic figures uh, uh, black people in this country where's the louis armstrong of russia i mean really honestly and and people are waking up to it that they've been played by the democrat party and now they're going after donald trump and now the democrat uh party has made themselves the man and donald trump the hero and i think it's great i love it i love it and i tell you what what other country has more black millionaires mm -hmm. the most yep. it's america you can make it here. These kids, especially like here in Baltimore, a lot of them, they're not expected to do any better. The schools are terrible, and they're not doing anything about it. And that's where a lot, all the stuff is, is it comes from the Democrat Party. This is what yeah. the seeds that they, that they sowed. Now we're reaping it. So yeah. hey, Barbara, I, I let I, you know that. I, 
I got to run. Thanks for the call. You know, guys, I'm telling you, the middle class, the hood, the trailer park, we are coming together because we're the only ones who can save the country. We are the only ones who can save the country because we know the country can do better than what the Democrat Party has turned it into. And we can do this together without hate, without division and nonsense. We can do it together and we're doing it. All right, let's take a break and come back, my friends. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Is the Rob Carson Show. And it is a uh, Tuesday, which really is a Monday. Last week of uh, summer was last week. I hope you had a good summer. We had, a, we had an average summer where I live. We, it was a little bit dry at times, it was a little bit hot at times, and then it rained. It's kind of weird. There was no global warming, climate change, ozone hole, murder hornets where I was living. It's crazy, right? Oh, did you hear about Burning Man? Burning Man got a bath this year, which was probably uh, very good for some of the attendants at Burning Man, that uh, people actually had to bathe uh, and when, the, when the rain was coming down. <laughs> So I guess they got a bunch of uh, rain where they do Burning Man. Normally it's this, you know, desert, uh, you know, festival where everybody gets together and, I, you know, does all sorts of, uh, probably, probably, I'm sure, hallucinogenic mushrooms, uh, weed, all sorts of drugs, uh, dance around, sing, drink, whatever. It's great. You know, have fun. It's fun. It's uh, in the desert. It's Burning, Hand, Burning Man, whatever. They burn a giant statue at the end of it and all that. Well, they got rained out. And uh, they got stuck in a giant mud pit out there at the uh, the Burning Man. Uh, even Chris Rock had to hitchhike out, apparently. But uh, but the rain uh, that fell there into the floodplain, uh, the dry lake bed that it, you know Burning Man normally uh, is, uh, filled with water again. Because see, that's why it's a dry lake bed. You know, it's pretty amazing. We could be like Mars, and it would dry up and never return. But on on the in our in our world, uh, dry lake beds are dry for a while, and then they fill up again. It happens in Africa all the time. You ever see one of those Morgan Freeman documentaries? Yeah, it happens all the time. The elephants are playing in the water, and then they're you know they're thirsty and dying of thirst, and then all of a sudden they're drinking water again. It's the way it happens. But I do believe that some of the dried psilocybin mushrooms reconstituted while they were in the desert. And they were like, what is this? Instead of the little shriveled up mushrooms. I don't do uh, psilocybin mushrooms. I never have. Never will. Uh, I do like uh, shiitakes. I do like, uh, well, who, who wouldn't love a portobello on the grill, right? But I think it actually caused them to reconstitute, and they didn't know what to do with them. Because, you know, they you sell dried mushrooms in the grocery store. <laughs> I don't know. The hell I was going with that. But, I, but I'll tell you, we had neighbors. <clears throat> we have neighbors who uh, are my age, you know, mid-50s. They go to Burning Man every year. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. Go go do Burning Man. I guess you get something out of it. Maybe it's a religious experience. Maybe it's just an excuse to party. And if it's an excuse to party, whatever, whatever. A little muddy this year, though. Just a little bit muddy. Um, Larry Hogan, who uh, Hogan was the uh, governor of the state of Maryland and made, made no inroads with regard to uh, uh, conservative or Republican um, uh, philosophies in the state. In fact, when he left the, the state, it's become more radical, more extreme. Abortion, uh, sanctuary, state. Uh, I mean, Baltimore is, uh, is going to hell in a handbasket with uh, crime out of control and all of this stuff. And Larry Hogan, of course, is no longer part of it, but he feels like he's going to be able to be the president, I guess, and that he wants to do a uh, no-labels third-party movement. Uh, Joe Joe Manchin also appearing uh, apparently thinking about this. Now, both of these men have uh, zero popularity in their party, but for some unexplainable reason, they feel that 
they can be an alternative to, I guess, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, which is, uh, I think, uh, pretty much absurd, um, bordering on, I would venture to say, probably bordering on uh, narcissistic, I suppose. But here is uh, Larry Hogan. I want you to listen to Larry Hogan. Because Larry Hogan is a Paul Ryan Republican. He is a Mitt Romney Republican. He is a uh, GOP insider. He is a Michael Steele Republican. He is a Joe Scarborough Republican. And he thinks that he still holds sway in deciding the direction of the Republican Party. And don't tell him, he has no idea that it's already changed and it's never going back. And I'm going to use an analogy here in one second with a very popular movie, particularly of uh, people of my uh, generation. It's a Gen X movie, uh, Dead Poet Society. All of the uh, the uh, students in Dead Poet Society, they're all Gen Xers, right? Robin Williams was the school, uh, the, the teacher who went in and told, told them that, uh, you know, you're doing everything wrong. Here's how you need to do it, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'll make the analogy in a second. But here is uh, Larry Hogan talking to George Stephanopoulos about a third party run and uh, what he thinks he can do with the Republican Party, and he's completely wrong. It's not July, it's not August, it's September. Trump is dominating the polls. You have some people on the side of the debate stage who are polling in the single digits. Should they get out? Look, I think uh, there's too many people in the field. You should not be in the race. If If you don't make the debate stage, you likely should consider getting out. If you're on the debate stage and you're willing to... Well, I would have liked to have seen Larry, uh, Larry Elder on the debate stage, but he wasn't given a shot. ...end up and challenge uh, the leader. That's at 50%. If you're unwilling to challenge Donald Trump, you should get off the stage. Well, it's not going to work, okay? I'm just going to tell you right now that if you challenge Donald Trump, as Ron DeSantis has done, it's not going to work. So Larry's already offering bad advice. You know... Uh, Ramaswamy, for example, is up there being a cheerleader and a fill-in for Trump. Okay, uh, so wait, 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 no, hold on. Now, how's Vivek Ramaswamy so high in the polls? Well, you just said it, idiot. You, you just said that Vivek Ramaswamy is popular because he is uh, an America First candidate who supports Trump, um, Trump policies. You just said it there. So he's, he's the, the, going up in the polls dramatically because of that. And yet, here's Larry Hogan saying all the candidates need to do the opposite. For president, he should, you know, he he obviously is trying to apply for a job for Trump. But if you're in there running for vice president or you're trying to be a cabinet secretary or you're trying to become famous or write a book or get on television, you should get... But enough about Chris Christie. ...out of the race. Uh, We need to narrow it down to find a leader who can get the Republican Party back on the right track and that can get us back... Okay, he's talking about getting the Republican Party back on the right track. Remember what I told you? Remember what I said about he wants to uh, bring the party back to Mitt Romney, Paul Ryan. That's what he's talking about. He is a country uh, club, blue blood Republican, East Coast Republican. He is the guy who Ronald Reagan tried to get rid of, but he's back with a vengeance. And he doesn't realize how wrong he is. Elections again. It's not going to happen with 11 people in the race. Who specifically? Former Congressman Will Hurd didn't make the debate stage. Should he get out? You know, I, I, Will is a great friend. I have tremendous admiration for him. I you have friends. With him on so okay, many issues, sure. but he's not going to be president, and uh, he didn't make the debate stage. And I think he contributes a lot to the discussion. Um, he and I. You know, he's wrong. He, he's wrong. He thinks that they got too many candidates, so all you need to do is choose one Republican candidate 
out of all of those, and that person will be able to take down Trump. And that's Falderall. It's not going to work. And I'm telling you again, and it's not about being a Trump, uh, you know, sycophant. I do support him, but I'm telling you, it's different this year. It is. Accept it. Trump was a candidate. Now he's a movement. Now he's a folk hero. Do you understand what the persecution and prosecution combined with so many people, 78% of Republicans saying, oh yeah, he should be the president now. Uh-huh. So Larry, Larry Ogan, I mean, honestly, uh, I think it's great that MSNBC invites him on. Uh, nobody cares about what Larry Hogan has to say. And if you want to go down the, the uh, primrose path to the old GOP, uh, God bless you. But it's, it's the end of the road for the old GOP. Never going back. I'll make that analogy in a second. John in San Francisco has been waiting to talk. John, welcome to the show, my friend. What's going on? Okay, I'm going to get an analogy, two analogies. I'm going to do one first. You actually, while we, we, I've been hearing you, then I always, you know, because you know I'm a writer. I'm on strike, by the yes. way. I'm, oh, I'm, are I'm, you? How's that I'm going, by the way? How's that going, um, by the way? Are you, going, are you okay? It's not, going, it's not going good. We're fine. We're fine. But you'll love this. So what we're up against, I, you came to me when you were sitting there talking, and there was another analogy I'm going to give you. It's J- Joe Durte and Ice Cube uh, instead of the trailer park in the hood. But the other one is lit. You're going to love this one. Is Caddyshack. So Trump is Rodney Dangerfield, who comes into the country club, and Joe Biden and the Democrats are Judge Schmale. That's where we are. Yes. Yes. That is yes. totally where we are. You know exactly what I'm saying. That is literally that all the other Republicans should drop out. They're like the other, other idiots at the country club when he gets in the state. No. You know what else he is? You know, you know what else he is? He's Rodney Dangerfield in uh, in uh, what was it? School, the school movie where he went into the oh, business back, class. Back to school. Back to school. He's that too. No, that's what I'm saying. Use that analogy. I'm telling. You, spread the word. We're going to get everyone. We're going to win by comedy. It's literally Joe Durte and Ice Cube have joined versus these other people. You know, what oh. I mean? this is the, not the trailer park. It's this whole and that because we you know my dear friend Fred Wolf. I worked with on Saturday Night Live. And so we were writers on that. And the whole thing is, I'm telling you, you're going to win people over by comedy. What you're doing, Rob, is so amazing because you're going to win people over through not this beating. I mean, I get the other guys that are super conservative, and we're all on the same side. And it's like, but we're going to win them through comedy. You're not going to win them through beating people over the head. And I love your whole well, John, let me ask you this, because you're, you're a writer, and, and I consider myself to be a writer. I, I've never written a book. I'm thinking about writing one. No, but, we, wrote, but, we wrote the spoof to Titanic. You'll love this. I wrote the spoof to Titanic. It was with Mel Brooks. Mel was going to do it. James Cameron shut it down, because we, we have five lines in it that made fun of him, because the Germans <laughs> made it comedy. Who would make a movie about people dying in freezing cold water? Mel Brooks would. We wrote The Last Dirty Harry for Clint Eastwood, Unfinished Business. But I'm saying, you're genius. Your show is genius. And that's what I'm saying. That's what we need more of is the, 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 the right. Is, that's why I love the Babylon Bee is because that's, we're going to win through entertaining people. We're not going to win it through preaching to people.
people. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't know. If well, I, no, no, no. You know, listen, listen. I've been saying for years, and I started writing for Rush Limbaugh right out of college, oh, 1989. But let me let me tell you. <clears throat> I remember in in the mid 90s, I was in Minneapolis, and there was a, a paper called the City Pages, and they wrote an article on me, and it's and the title was Yes, Virginia conservatives be can be funny, and and people don't think that conservatism is funny, but it is, John. And and John, can I ask you this? As a writer, have you have you pivoted in that direction? Do you think that there is a because Gutfeld's number one right now in late night, being a conservative. No, Don't you think that conservative comedy's time is coming now? You see Joe Rogan, you see Bill no, Maher. No, that's, that's what I wish. That's what I wish uh, because you know I'm good for I know Michael Zawarli. And that's what we were trying to work on is a show that would be done with you, that you would be the host and you do for Newsmax. A, a, you become. You know that, like a gut spell. Dude, I want to. I would love to do like a Tonight Show kind of a show because that's yeah, why I use the name Carson. Right. By the way, yeah. you know. So, well, listen, John, I appreciate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play some comedy for you, okay, John? Have you heard the uh, the theme song? Don't catch the stupid. He's gone, John. I'm gonna play this for you because this is the theme for this song uh, for the show. And for those of you who are just now joining the show, I wrote this with Jim Gossett, the great, brilliant Jim Gossett. Remember that name. He's a freaking genius. We came up with this. We took a parody song and wrote a parody about culture. And my signature expression is don't catch the stupid because common sense is going to win. Because if you catch the stupid and you believe stupid things like if I stand six, pe- six feet away from somebody with a deadly virus, I will survive. But within five feet, I will die. Or if you're so stupid that you think um, uh, that, that, that the climate is changing so much that the world is going to end in five years. Okay, you've caught the stupid. And that's why Jim and I came up with this two years ago about everything that's going on in our country right now and how we're going to win. Here it is. Arizona and Corona. For John and San Francisco. All the lies about them they've been telling you. How did they win it? The freaking Senate When the votes that they received were very few I don't know Don't catch the stupid, don't buy their BS That climate change is real, inflation's not Don't catch the stupid, don't believe them Because distraction and diversion's all they got We all know that Hurricane Ian was the result of global warming Russian collusion led to confusion January 6th is a smokescreen The new Green Deal is a disguise Like their mandate forcing you to take vaccine Don't catch the stupid, you just can't do it That in women's sports, men should compete No, they shouldn't They're teaching sex ed in kindergarten Their destructive policies we must defeat Like what? Like wear a mask, don't wear a mask Statues have fallen, it's so appalling To ignore Hunter's laptop and his theft don't catch the stupid, rejected nonsense. Uh, Don't catch the stupid, rejected nonsense. Is. Everything is stupid on the left. See? See? All right, so coming up, I got my movie movie analogy. I want to make that. Uh, the number is 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Um, he shouldn't be running for president. He should, you know, he, he obviously is trying to apply for a job for Trump. But if you're in there running for vice president or you're trying to be a cabinet secretary or you're trying to become famous or write a book or get on television, you should get the heck out of the race. Chris uh, Christie. We need to narrow it down to find 
a leader who can get the Republican Party back on the right track and that can get us. Okay, so Larry, Larry Hogan is telling us how we can get the Republican Party back on the right track. Larry Hogan was the governor of Maryland for eight years, and Maryland is worse off because of it. He could have made some real inroads in the state of Maryland, which is, I mean, overrun by insane leftists. All right? They call the Maryland General Assembly the Maryland General Asylum. And it is. It's nuts. And it's a damn shame because I loved living in Maryland when I lived there. And I'm glad I got the hell out when I got out. But Larry Hogan offering any advice before his extended stint as an MSNBC contributor, because that's what he's going to be. I mean, he's never going to be the president of the United States. He will never be part of it, a Trump administration. I'll tell you that. But Larry Hogan is offering advice. And I was looking through this real quick. This is a uh, new poll. This is a new poll. Uh, the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal. WSG. Uh, Donald Trump has a 46% uh, advantage over the other candidates. All right? So uh, Ron DeS- or, uh, Don- Donald Trump's 50 per- 59%, 60%. Ron DeSantis, 13%. Vivek Ramaswamy, or Vivek, 5%. Uh, Nikki Haley, 8 Mike Pence, 2 Never going to be the president. Chris, Pe- Chris Christie, 3 Never going to be the president. Tim Scott, 2 Could be VP. I can go on and on. Asa Hutch. Oh, dear God in heaven, Doug Bergen, ain't going to happen. So you add all those together, all of the other candidates, you've got a uh, 59 to 36% race. That's if everybody who's in with these other candidates votes for somebody other than Donald Trump. You're still 23 points down. So Larry Hogan, um, I don't know what sort of sweet leaf you got, but keep smoking it, bro, because it's apparently working, and it looks like you also have been getting the munchies. Just want to throw that out there as well. But here's the analogy that I made. Larry Hogan and and uh, Paul Ryan, uh, who, who still holds sway, he's on the board of directors at Fox, and one of the reasons why Fox is so bleeped is because of him, all right? So uh, uh, they feel that they know how where the Republican Party needs to go. Now, let me give you an analogy. You know the movie A Dead Poet Society? Carpe diem. You know that? Okay. Robin Williams is Donald Trump. Robin Williams goes into the old university, and he sees these old textbooks about poetry. And he tears out the pages that tell the kids how poetry needs to be written. And he says, rewrite the whole damn thing because you're missing everything. That's what Donald Trump did with the GOP playbook. That's what he did. And what happens when the people in charge go back, say, for instance, if Donald Trump uh, somehow doesn't become the candidate? Well, the end of the movie is going to happen. All of those kids who are now following the GOP because Trump blew up the old playbook are saying, screw it. I'm standing on my desk, and I'm not going along. been ripped out, sir. Well, if I were somebody else's book. They're all ripped out. Sir. All the GOP playbooks. <laughs> what do you mean they're all ripped out? Question one rates the poem's perfection. Question two rates its importance. And once these questions have been answered, determining the poem's greatness becomes a relatively simple matter. Uh huh. If the poem score for perfection is plotted blah, on the Blah, blah, blah. GOP <laughs> playbook. <laughs> they made everybody sign Anderson. <laughs> you got to believe me, it's true. I do believe you, Tom. Leave, Mr. Keating. But it wasn't his fault. Sit down, Mr. Anderson. One more outburst from you or anyone else. But Donald Trump changed the GOP playbook. And you're out of this school. Leave, Mr. We're going to go back. I said leave, We're going to do it like they used to in the GOP. Captain, my captain. Sit Uh-oh. down, Mr. Anderson. Sit down, Trump supporter. You hear me? Sit down. Sit down, MTG. Sit down. Sit down, Lauren Boebert. This is your final Sit down, American Anderson. people. Yeah, we're not sitting. 
The, the playbook has been changed. It's over. Class is not going back to usual, GOP. Larry, give it up, bro. You're done. You're done. All right, more on this and your phone calls. Michelle, you're up next. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's The Rob Carson Show. Final warning, Anderson. How dare you? You hear me? Oh, Captain, my captain. <laughs> Mr. Overstreet, I warn you. Sit down. Oh, Captain, my captain. Sit down. Sit down. All of you. I want you seated. That's Larry Hogan right there. Larry Hogan is the schoolmaster in Dead Poet Society. The kids have already uh, have accepted the playbook being shredded by Robin Williams, just like Donald Trump did to the GOP playbook. I told you this two years ago. I said that he's changed the Republican Party, and nobody's going back to that party. That's just the way it is. It sucks to be you, Larry Hogan. It really does. Go work at MSNBC with Michael Steele. Go work with Joe Scarborough. Both of those guys one-time proud conservatives who sold out. I mean, honestly, who the hell goes from filling in on Rush Limbaugh's show to sitting next to Mika Brzezinski spewing MSNBC nonsense? That's why I call her Yoko, you see. Let's go to Kathy in Stevensville. Hello, Kathy. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind? Hey, good afternoon. Um, Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say I read somewhere this morning that um, they're trying to keep Trump's name from being on the ballot with the 14th Amendment. So I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but that's really frightening. Well, uh, the the uh, the AG of the state of Arizona, which stole the election from Carrie Lake, sorry, 65% of the uh, machines don't stop working in one county on the day of the election unless somebody did it, and it didn't happen anywhere else. That said, um, uh, the AG of Arizona said it's not the 14th Amendment. It will not work. He, he actually pursued it and admitted that it was not going to be a possibility. Now, over the weekend, Adam Schiff, who, by the way for what uh, three years said that he had evidence of russia collusion he said it for three years that uh, donald trump colluded with russia and he lied about it he lied and he still shows his face in public this weekend he was on with jen sake uh, you know kathy we haven't had any hot sake in a while have we no and i don't understand why trump hasn't sued him i know on the house floor you can lie but he's been he said that on network television so I don't understand I don't, why Trump hasn't sued him. I, I'm not sure exactly what the uh, I'm not sure what the rules are with regard to government uh, and private speech. Um, I don't believe he can be held. Uh, li- uh, I don't believe he can be held um, not uh, not libel but uh, slander. I don't believe he can be slandered. But here is uh, wow. Jin Saki. Hold on. This is Jin Saki and uh, the awful Adam Schiff. Hold There's on. There's an argument circulating about whether the 14th Amendment that prohibits anyone, in, quote, engaged in insurrection or rebellion from holding public office bars Trump from running for president. Now, this hasn't been tested in our system before. Uh, do you think, Listen to what his is your answer. thought on whether that's a valid Listen argument? Listen to this. I think it is a valid argument. Uh, you know, the 14th Amendment, uh, Section 3, is pretty clear. If you engage in acts of insurrection or rebellion against the government, 
or he presided over the impeachment that did a face plant. He presided over a kangaroo court where no uh, witnesses for the defense were allowed, where no conservative members, uh, GOP, were allowed. Only people who voted for the first impeachment, which was proved to be a fraud. Here is more from Adam Schiff. Give aid and comfort to those who do. You are disqualified from running. It doesn't require that you be convicted of insurrection. Uh, it just requires that uh, you have engaged in these acts. It's a disqualification from holding office okay, again. He just con- contradicted himself. Real quick here, he contradicted himself. It just requires that uh, you have engaged in these acts. It's a disqualification from holding office again. Yeah, he didn't get convicted of anything. So as far as being convicted of anything, then then uh, even thoughts of, even the charges hold no sway with regard to deciding whether he can run for president. He He's out of his nut. He's been wrong about everything, Kathy. And I will tell you also, if any AG does try to remove Trump from a ballot, there's going to be hell to pay. Uh, I believe well, I that people will, will go to state capitals and, and they, will, they will sit in and they will shut down the government. Well, two things. Um, he's a disgusting liar. Uh, Jen Psaki has dyed her hair a terrible orange way too many times, so that's part of her problem. <laughs> and all, it's seeped into, like, the outer core of her brain tissue. And the other thing is, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't care what people think about her. She stands strong, and I called her office today and left her a message that I'm in full support of her um, holding up the passing of the government budget. She doesn't want to vote for it until she sees impeachment hearings on Biden. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right, Kathy, I appreciate it. You know, but Marjorie Taylor Greene and people like Lauren Boebert, they've been painted as somehow being insane, being this and that. But uh, but Marjorie Taylor Greene is one of the few people in Washington, D.C., who actually has balls, even though she wasn't born with them. So, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a supporter. Do I agree with everything that Marjorie Taylor Greene says? No. But she was right. I played a, a soundbite from her earlier, earlier in the show. She believes there's a uh, there is a righteous... Um, anger and uh, defiance in the American people. And it isn't just against Republicans, it's also against, or Democrats, it's also against Republicans. The people have had enough. The people have had enough. People in uh, in New York have had it. People in D.C. have had it. Check this out. I lived in Washington, D.C. for uh, a dozen years and uh, did radio. Mix 107.3 Carson of the Afternoon with Chili Amar, everybody. Yeah! And, uh, you know, whatever it was, what it was. I'm not uh, crazy about uh, the music radio past of my life, but, you know, it served a purpose. Uh, a survey has ranked Washington, D.C. the least desirable place to live due to its high crime rate and loss and cost of living. When I was in D.C., uh, I loved it. I loved it. We go downtown. We didn't worry about uh, crime. Uh, we would, uh, you know, go down to dinner. We'd go to Bistro Oakland. We'd go over to uh, Crystal City, see the taste of Crystal City. We'd go all over this, go see a baseball game. Never had to worry about it. Uh, car thefts have gone up like 300% this year. A lot of them being committed by kids, 13-year-olds. So, uh, yeah, that's what's happening to to Washington, D.C. It is the least desirable place to live. And including, there's this uh, giant grocery store. There's, uh, giant Foods is a big concern, a uh, uh, grocery store chain out there. I used to shop at Giant and other places. There's a store in southeast D.C. They're going to be removing brands like Advil, Colgate, and Tide from its shelves to better prevent the spike in th- uh, theft. And I, I, I've been by this store. I don't know if I've been to this giant, but I used to go downtown, some of the grocery stores downtown, and, and shop. I didn't worry about it. There's a couple Whole Foods down there. I'm not a big Whole Foods dude because, you know, it's called Whole Paycheck as far as I'm concerned. But I never worried about it. 
But in Washington, D.C., and, and by the way, the neighborhood I used to work in, in the Friendship Heights uh, area, right on Chevy Chase, that whole area, this wonderful little shops, a little, there was a little uh, grocery store, a little, uh, a little uh, what does uh, Jill Biden call them? Uh, uh, the, uh, this, uh, uh, she mis- mispronounced the name, but no. Try to name the name of the grocery, and I, I hit the count. Uh, the grocery stores um, in New York. Why am I drawing a blank? On the name. I'll come up with it. You're screaming at it. I know you are right now. That said, there was this little grocery store I used to go to all the time. They got ransacked, destroyed, wrecked. Uh, around the corner, all of the shops, all of the, all, of the, all of the windows boarded up there. That is what has become Washington, D.C. My wife went to Washington, D.C. She was downtown. She couldn't figure out why it was so quiet at all the monuments. I'm like, people are scared of Washington, D.C., because it's become hell. Oh, by the way, the Roosevelt Hotel in New York, the one that they allowed to become a shelter for illegals, where they closed the two great restaurants, 41 people have been arrested since it became a migrant shelter. There you go. There's your Democrat leadership, guys. This is what's going to bring all of us together. Staten Island residents, so frustrated with illegal immigrants, they want to secede from New York City. I don't blame them. If I lived in Staten Island... I wouldn't want to be a part of New York City right now, at least New York City politics. I don't know New York very well, but I'll tell you, there's an energy. It's amazing in, Man- in Manhattan. It's amazing. The only negative is it smells like weed everywhere you go. There are homeless people sleeping in ATM vestibules. Not Jill Goodacre, little friend's reference. And then the homeless people wandering around insane, pissing between buildings right in front of children. I saw all of that. And, and it's a damn shame. And that's why the country's going to come together. I mean, I remember seeing movies. Remember movies in New York? New York was the heartbeat of America. New York was in Ghostbusters. New York was in this. New York was that. New York 9-11. Everybody rallied around New York. Everybody came together for New York because New York was America. And that America is still there. The greatness that built New York City is still there. The greatness that built all of the cities in America is still there. The greatness that made America the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind is still there. It's just for the, I'll just say it, pardon the language, bastards in Washington, D.C., who take all of the riches and all of the wealth and all of the positivity that you and I have, and they take that money and they channel it to their friends and they help out their friends and they pay big pharma and they pay big defense and they pay big green energy and all this crap while they stop briefly in Maui and they fly right over East Palestine. Do you get it? Let's go to, uh, who do we got? Velma in New Hampshire. No, we got Michelle. Let's go to Michelle in Westminster. Sorry about that, Michelle. Welcome to the show. What's on? What's going on? Uh, well, I wanted to talk about Larry Hogan. Yes. He, um, if you remember correctly, he did not waste one moment to remind us that he was head of the Republican Governors Association, and I believe he's the one that rolled out the red carpet for all the draconian COVID things that they did. And I want to know, is this the same Larry Hogan that uh, bought millions of dollars worth of COVID tests from South Korea only to have to put them in a warehouse somewhere of an undisclosed location and guarded by the state police? And is this the same Larry Hogan that said, wear the damn mask? Is this the same Larry Hogan that prohibited the prescription of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And I can go on and on and on about Larry Hogan 
And I can promise you he is not going to get any further than Martin O'Malley whenever he tried years ago. Well, Michelle, he already has proved he cannot be the president by his actions as the governor, because if he committed those same acts as the president, he's Joe Biden. He will never be the president. Larry Hogan will never be anything more than an MSNBC commentator or possibly a cabinet member in a, a Democrat administration. That's, you know what? And I would invite Larry Hogan to be on this show any day. Any day, Larry. You had a shot in Maryland and you blew it. You had a shot to turn Maryland around. You had a shot to make Maryland into Texas. You had a shot to make Maryland into Florida. And what did you do? You made it New Jersey. You made it New York. That's what you made it San Francisco and Baltimore. So, yeah, honestly, that, that he even I only played his soundbite today just to show what a tool he is and and how he is. He is trying to lead a march that nobody's going to follow. Thanks for the phone call. You remember that scene where Bluto, uh, Blutarski and in, uh, in uh, uh, I use a lot of music movie analogies today, <laughs> but in Animal House. And he's trying to get the guys off the couch. You know, do you, do you remember when the Germans, uh, you know, bombed Plural Harbor? And he ran out, ah, and nobody followed him. That's Larry Hogan. Okay, that's that's uh, Paul Ryan. That's uh, that's Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's done. Mitt Romney's done. I'm embarrassed that I voted for him, but it was the choice I had. We don't have to just take the, the Republican Party's choice anymore. And Democrats, you don't have to take the Democrat Party choice anymore. You have a choice, believe it or not. They're just people fighting, so you don't have one. Let's go to Velma in New Hampshire. Hello, Velma. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Go ahead. Hi, Mr. Carson. Thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to say, um, to uh, uh, reply to Kathy's call, um, uh, it, this happened also in New Hampshire about a week ago uh, with the Secretary of State. They came here, yes. hush, hush, hush. I can't remember who exactly who it was, but he came here. And to go see our Secretary of State, uh, and he was found out. They tried to, de- den- to deny it, but of course, you know, the truth always comes out. And they were overwhelmed, overwhelmed with calls that yeah. they had to shut down the line because of because people w- weren't having it. Yeah, you know this, and I'll tell you who it was. This guy named Bryant Messner. He got interviewed on Newsmax. Okay. Bryant Messner. His name is Corky. Okay. He goes by the name Corky, which shows you, you know, an adult man who yes. uses the word Corky as a name. Dear God, man, are you out of your mind? And he yes, decided he'd do that. Yes. And you know what it was, Velma? It was a trial balloon. They tried a trial balloon in Arizona, and each time the Democrats have tried to float this trial balloon, they realize the overwhelming force that they're greeted with yes. when they do this. The American people going if you try that there will be hell uh-huh. to pay yeah exactly. they'll be hell to pay exactly they know it and i and they- cannot thank you enough for keeping us going thank you all right god bless you god bless new hampshire i love it i, I cannot wait to come back because i had a I had a very nice time. Very nice time. Great food in Concord, New Hampshire. And and the most plugged-in people, I swear to God, just smart, plugged-into politics. Remarkable state. Remarkable state. True to its founding, by the way. True to its founding. Uh, Live free or die, baby. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Yeah. So nine, <laughs> you want the deadliest cities in the world for murder? You ready for this? You're thinking, oh, Bangladesh, right? Or whatever, and Bangladesh isn't a city. But you know what I'm talking about. Uh, no, um, there are nine of the ten deadliest cities in the world are in Mexico. 
Nine of two. You think that, uh, that Mexico is not controlled by the drug cartels? I think uh, the discussion is over. All right? So nine of the ten deadliest cities in the world are in Mexico. I won't try to pronounce some of the names, but uh, there's Colima, murder capital of the world, 181 in homicides per 100,000. So it's number one on the list. Uh, There are other... uh, It's a mess. It's a mess. This is why I said um, about a year ago that uh, whoever the president is, uh, well, it wouldn't be... If it was a Democrat, it wouldn't happen. But... um, The uh, 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 the person needs to send special forces in, drones, whatnot, paint targets, blow up manufacturing facilities, blow up uh, the mansions and the uh, the government offices that are used by the uh, by the drug lords, blow up the homes of the drug lords, uh, annihilate them worse than ISIS ever dreamed of. That's what's going to happen. That's what Donald Trump says is going to happen. That's what it, it, we've got to declare an official American war using American resources to wipe out the drug lords in Mexico. That's it. Paint targets on them. I know that there are special forces who would who would give their eye teeth, whatever that means, to go into Mexico, paint some targets, and light some fires. Oh my goodness, would that be good? That would be really, really good. Okay, I'm going to wrap things up with a bizarre story. <clears throat> Delta flight from Atlanta to Barcelona forced to turn back after passengers suffered. Are you ready for this? Horrific bite of diarrhea that the pilot said affected all the plane. Can you imagine how embarrassing this would be if you were on the plane with your kids and you had the explosive diarrhea that caused the plane to be turned back from Barcelona, that your diarrhea was so bad they had to turn a plane around every time you brought it up at a family gathering? Hey, Dad, don't eat that. You'll get diarrhea like that time you caused the plane to turn around. Delta flight from Atlanta to Barcelona turned around in a text message uh, sent to air traffic control. The captain was succinct in explaining uh, divert to ATL passenger diarrhea all over aircraft biohazard. Right before my son left uh, diapers at age three, it was kind of like that. It was like changing an adult. Uh, my partner was on that flight, somebody said. It was dribbled down the aisle, smelled horrible. The vanilla-scented disinfectant used uh, on it only made it smell like vanilla crap. After the plane landed, it was thoroughly cleaned. They didn't leave until about 2.30 in the morning. The flight was met by emergency vehicles, and EMTs carried the sick passenger <laughs> off the plane. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Yeah, it was an Airbus uh, 350, and they had to uh, clean it up. Uh, you know, if it were if it were me, I'd probably be one to just, you know, just burn it. Just leave it. Just leave the plane. That's, if there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, anyway, that's, that's, I thought I felt I needed to share that. Let's take a break. Come back. Wrap things up on this Tuesday. This is The Rob Carson Show. I just got a note from a listener. Diarrhea stories never disappoint. Fantastic. Guys, have a glorious day. Share the podcast with others. Be optimistic because good will win. We're going to win. God bless you. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stew, but I'll see you then.